Welcome back to another episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. This is episode 125. Wow. Feels a lot longer than that. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, only 125? I thought it was like 340. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really kind of did feel like that. Well. Like, what's it going to be? 680? Well, you heard from Jess. She doesn't want to do the podcast anymore. So no! this will be our final episode. No! Oh, uh, that's not what I mean. Room six we have to finish. Bear. But we're not even close. We're closer than we were. Obviously. That's a very glass half full way of looking at it. Yeah. I'm a very glass half empty guy. You Which know is that. odd for a puff, I would think. Yeah. I'm more of like an, an Eeyore Hufflepuff. Woe is me. Woe is me. I just and want everybody to love me, but the world's ending. I don't know that Ravenclaw is... It's just more logical. Like, I'm not sure it was a glass half full kind of thing. It was a factual thing. We're closer than we were. Okay. So not the last episode? No. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix... Talking about chapter 32 today, Out of the Fire. Before we do that, we'll recap chapter 31, OWLs. Good job. Which spells owls. It it does, but it also does not. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Road Center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's ask Mr. Owl. I do not like Tootsie Pops, but I do kind of like that commercial. I don't know why. Uh, Tootsie Pops are uh, flavored candy and Tootsie Rolls. Why would you not like those? I prefer the bubblegum ones. Blow Pops. Blow Pops, which are also good. Which are way better. What's a different... It's a different thing. You can't really, like... Just because they're both on a stick... I don't like Tootsie Rolls. What about Tootsie Roll spit? No, yuck. <laughs> yuck. All yuck. Tootsie, tootsie could, Rolls are just yuck. You could like stand on your roof and hock a loogie down like almost to the grass and suck it back up because of the consistency of the Tootsie Roll spit. Daniel, this is disgusting. All right. Well, let's move on. I don't, I don't want Tootsie Roll spit. Okay. Well, Tootsie Rolls are pretty or good. Or Tootsie Rolls. Or Tootsie Pops. Okay, so you hate America? No, no it's, just Tootsie. We know you don't like <laughs> Tootsie, the movie with Dustin Hoffman. No, I've never seen that either. In the 1970s, where he cross-dresses. I don't, I don't, I've never seen that, but I'm talking about the candy. Chapter 31, we talked about last time. Ron is reveling in his newfound celebrity after winning the Quidditch Cup for Gryffindor. Harry and Hermione have to bring down Ron's move by telling him about a giant living in the forest that they're going to have to visit. If and when Hagrid uh, gets fired. 50-year students are taking their OWLs. And during the astronomy, or I'm sorry, astrology. Is astrology or astronomy? What's astrology? Astronomy. Mm, I have astrology? An I think it's astrology. Okay. During the astrology exam, near midnight, the students taking the exam see Umbridge and her cronies attack Hagrid at his hut. Stun his dog Fang and nearly kill Professor McGonagall when she tries to intervene. Hagrid is able to escape with Fang and McGonagall is taken to the hospital wing. The next day during the History of Magic exam, Harry falls asleep and has yet another Voldemort vision. This time Harry sees Voldemort torturing Sirius inside the Department of Mysteries. 
trying to get Sirius to assist Voldemort in getting something he desperately wants. I thought when you were reading this next chapter, you said it was long. I didn't feel like it was long. I felt like it took forever. I didn't. I didn't. Normally, you take about 45 minutes to read a chapter. <laughs> this is only partially true. That's why I almost said, oh, we're recording tonight. Maybe I'll take a nap while you read. Because you read so slowly. I do not. I just get distracted. Because you don't have the audiobook reading it to you whilst you hold the, the paper copy. Mm. Not tonight. My computer just popped up and asked me if I wanted to try the new Bing, by the way. No, Bing is the worst. <laughs> and I imagine the new one is probably even worse. Uh, chapter 32, Out of the Fire. Harry wakes up mid-test, like we said, from his vision. Harry does not return to his test because he's worried about Sirius. He quickly realizes, though, Jess, that his at least adult support system at Hogwarts is pretty much non-existent. Gone. They're all gone. Uh, Dumbledore literally flew the coop. Yep. <laughs> Poof. Uh, Hagrid ran off into the night. <laughs> yep. McGonagall is incapacitated. She's been removed, like to St. Mungo's. Yeah, we're gonna talk. Yeah, that's my next little note here. Uh, I guess we got Dobby. Dobby's pretty old. Yeah. I guess that counts as an adult. Yeah. I mean, he's not very responsible, but yes, I think he counts as an adult. We count Sirius as an adult. He's yeah, and he's fringe, fringe at best. Yeah. But Harry, like I said, all of this adult support system that he had that he could kind of talk to about these things that are happening to him is gone. And like you said, Professor McGonagall is headed for St. Mungo's, guessing that her injuries were more severe than Madame Pomfrey can handle. So this is really the first time that I can remember that Harry is very forward with his friends about his visions. Yeah, he's usually been tight-lipped about mm -hmm. it. Just little tidbits. So does he realize that there's no one else he can turn to and he has no other choice than to confide in Hermione and Ron? Yes, and I think it's a, like a time crunch issue. There's an urgency here. Like, they, he doesn't have time to spoon feed them details and see how they're going to react. But, you know, when he had that one about Mr. Weasley, he went into that, like, deep spiral about they all think I did this, they hate me, I'm a freak, and you know, he really really spiraled out of control there with that one. So ever since, he's been keeping things to himself. Harry explains that he sees Sirius being tortured by Voldemort right now. And Harry is looking for a way to get to the Department of Mysteries. Uh, describe the reactions that Harry and Hermione have to Harry wanting to uh, just up and leave Hogwarts and head to London? Um, well, I think there's a little slow to process it at first. They're just like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, I have that. Hold on. Well, what? Yeah, that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, he, you're talking too fast. We don't understand what you're talking about. How do you know this? It's just a dream because you've been playing it off all this time. He kind of set them up not to really believe in him on accident. But then they kind of get on board with it. Well, not on board, but they realize what he's saying. Ron even doesn't really believe him. At, not, not believe him is the wrong term, but that he doesn't really think it's true what Harry saw at first. But he kind of comes around. Hermione is, no, 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 no. Let's logic this out. It is the middle of the day. The Department of Mysteries, the Ministry, is just flooded with people. The two most wanted wizards in the world could not just stroll in there. The thing is, though, Harry, I'm sorry, Hermione and Ron know that Harry's visions are pretty accurate because of what happened with Mr. Weasley. Mm -hmm. And had it not been for these visions, Mr. Weasley might not be here anymore. 
So why are they so just taken back by the validity validity of what Harry is saying? Well, I think part of it is because when it happened, Harry didn't really share a lot of information with them, didn't really talk about it. He kind of clamped up. So yes, they know that he had some sort of vision dream that this happened, but they didn't really get the details of it. And it's kind of like a taboo subject. They don't talk about it. And then Harry's been playing down these, oh, I haven't been having the dreams, or they're just dreams, nothing's really happening. And that that part's true. The ones he's been having ever since don't seem to actually... Walks into a room, which presents another room. Yeah. <laughs> so, unless Voldemort is literally doing the same thing every other night... Voldemort's it, trapped in like a corn maze or something. <laughs> It doesn't seem like all the dreams since then have been real. Or visions that they were just dreams. I don't know how you want to say it. Well, Harry's not really happy with the answers he's getting. I know that it's not a small deal to just say, hey, let's somehow escape this school and make it all the way to London to fight against the Dark Lord. But Hermione is really questioning the validity of Harry's vision. So is this kind of what you were saying a second ago where Hermione's just doing her due diligence before making a rash decision? Or is she just not believing what Harry saw because of how far-fetched it seems? Yes. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, she's, she's rationalizing it out. You know, obviously, these, she's gotten even less information about the dreams that he's had since. I think he even outright tells her he doesn't have them anymore. Um, but yeah, she just finds it really hard to believe. And she goes into her own theory in a little bit. We'll get to that, maybe. Um, but she, she just doesn't, it just doesn't seem logical. How could two of the most wanted wizards in the world walk into the Ministry of Magic? And just go where they want to go and do what they want to do. So another thing about Hermione is that she's also very upset about the fact that Harry wouldn't even be seeing these visions if Harry had continued his occlumency lessons with Snape. And Hermione says something to the point of, uh, you know, you wouldn't even be seeing these things if you had done what Dumbledore had told you to. Did Hermione really think things would be better? If Harry hadn't been able to save Mr. Weasley and now possibly Sirius, does, does Hermione really believe that that would be in the best interest of the movement that they're Dumbledore's army's movement here? No, but like I said, I think she's got her own theory about what's really going on. She, it's not that she just totally doesn't believe Harry. She thinks she does believe him. She thinks that he that he said that he saw these things, but whether or not they're real is her question. So I don't think that she's saying that Mr. We you know we'd be better off if he she he didn't see what happened with Mr. Weasley. But kind of seems like she is. I'm just saying. No, she's <laughs> not. Kind of seems like it. I don't know. I she's concerned that he's being manipulated. That the Dark Lord, you know, they all kind of agree that now he's aware of the connection because they were able to get to Mr. Weasley so quickly and they were able to save them. What now is Harry being manipulated? Uh, what do you think of Hermione's comment about Harry having a saving people thing? <laughs> do you think Hermione... So Hermione is saying that Harry just jumps recklessly into situations because of this? And do you personally, Jessica Rhino in 2023, mm -hmm. do you think Harry has, you've, pro you've heard of the term hero complex, mm -hmm. or some people call it a, a savior complex. Do you think that's what Harry has? Because I, I don't think so. And I'll, I'll tell you why, but I wanted to get your opinion first. Because you're smarter than I am. And, I, and then I wanted to be able to change my answer if you talked me out of it. Oh, wow. Um, I kind of feel like I've been put on the spot now. 
Um, Wait till we get to the email later. Oh, God. Uh, so, I don't think Hermione's wrong. She, I mean, everything she's saying is very logical. Mm-hmm. And he does appear to have a saving people thing. And it's pretty well known. I mean, he did it in front of everyone at the Triwizard Tournament, mm-hmm. which was one of the, the situations that came up. And um, he didn't need to save everybody. He just needed to save Ron. That was the task. Whether, you know, we all know, they well, we all hope that they weren't going to just leave the other kids down there to die. You would hope not. But this is Hogwarts, so in <laughs> Harry's defense. <laughs> and people have died in the Triwizard Tournament before. Yeah, so you, you really don't want to just leave them down there. And how did the kids get down there in the first place? They were pretty much escorted there by adults. <laughs> they were. I th- I thought they were like, <laughs> like a ether rag and yeah. <laughs> a bag over their head, and they all of a sudden were underwater. So I mean, she's not wrong, and that this is like a well-known trait of his, because you know everybody heard about it, everybody saw it. And he's done it several times with going down to save Jenny. And so you think it's true? You think he does have a bit of a hero complex? I don't know if I would call it a hero complex, but he does feel the need to help people and save people when they need saving. Now, whether or not... I don't know if it counts as a true hero complex, because one, I think he just kind of always hoped for somebody to save him when he was living at the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. And two... Because of his connection with the Dark Lord, and these things are kind of related, all, well, not the Triwizard Tournament one, but some of these things that I feel like he kind of feels responsible. Like, that him bringing in all this bad stuff that's happening. Something you said a second ago kind of sparked a thought for me. You said that Harry always kind of wished that somebody would have saved him. And now that he is in a position where he has a, a good amount of power, he is a very powerful young wizard. The fact that he has the ability to do that for people, it really makes me think of like when I was growing up. I got I got picked on a lot in elementary school because I you know my I had bad teeth I had um, I was overweight I. You know, didn't I wore a lot, a lot of the same clothes like over and over again? And now that I'm a teacher, and I know how cruel kids can be from firsthand experience, I really go out of my way to try to save kids from that because I don't want them to have to go through what I went through. So I could kind of see Harry's point of view at that. Now that I'm kind of in a position of power where I can do something about it. I kind of see what you're saying about Harry, and I don't think that's necessarily a a bad thing. Like, Hermione is... I know she's not saying it completely in a negative way, but she kind of is, too. She's kind of saying, well, you know, you kind of got this fault about you, that you're a little, you know, over-anxious. Everybody's got their thing. I'm the brainy one. Uh Ron's the... Uh, Ron's the really good Quidditch player, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> and you're the one that's got to save everybody. Um, another point, because I just don't think it, it's just not just one thing. And that it is a good, good character development. But he didn't get to save Cedric. Mm-hmm. So he knows that pain of watching somebody he knows die. And he doesn't want to do it again. I mean, I know he his parents died as well, and there is, like, he couldn't have saved them. He was a baby, but there's always going to be that, like, survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. But he... He's the boy who lived. He's yeah. the ultimate survivor's guilt. And I know it's weird to say it's not the same thing as losing... When he, when he saw Cedric die, that was very, very, like, real and traumatic mm-hmm. and happened right now. Just growing up as a baby, being like, oh, your parents died. The car crash... Yeah. That's why you don't know them. That's why they're not here. That's not the same. Not the same magnitude. Deep cut. I know saying you're losing a 
classmate over a, your parents is not the same magnitude, but just the way that these the circumstances these happened. So, and before I say this, I want to say that saving Fleur's sister in the second part of the Triwizard Tournament is kind of the outlier here that doesn't really go with my line of thinking, mm -hmm. but kind of play along with me if you don't mind. To me, I kind of feel like Harry hasn't had a family for so long because his only family was taken from him when he was just a baby. He doesn't even remember him other than like what he sees in the mirror of Erised or uh, what he saw during the, the battle in the graveyard with Voldemort. Harry spent most, the majority of his life not knowing family, not knowing what family was like. And so when his this newfound family, which I would count the Weasleys among that, you count his godfather, Sirius, I would probably, you know, even put Lupin in there because of his close relationship to his dad. When these opportunities come up that you can save the family that you have now, even though you couldn't save the family that you had before. So when Jenny was in trouble, that's family. When uh, Mr. Weasley was in trouble, that's family. When Ron was in trouble in the uh, Triwizard task, that's family. And now that Sirius is in trouble, I don't know if it's so much of a feel like you need to save everyone more so that it's a feel and need to keep this family that I took me so long to get. And it's just the, the age of this family that I have is in its infancy. I spent the majority of my life, the large majority of my life, not knowing what real family was like. And I don't think it's so much that he needs to save everybody, but it's more that he needs to save or wants to save family, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I love how Harry reacts to what Hermione is saying and then gives all the reasons why sa saving people isn't such a bad thing. And then he turns to Ron all upset and mentions how, I well, I saved Jenny you know, back in book two. And Ron says something like, hey, man, I never said I had a problem with it. Why are you coming at me? <laughs> So I, I, I really like that. I, this is all Hermione that's saying that Harry's got this saving people issue. And Harry's just kind of projecting it on anybody that's nearby and gives a little bit of venom to, to Ron. And Ron's like, hey, man, back off. I'm good with it. Well, he pulled Ron in to it like just a few lines before that about apparently during the Triwizard Tournament right after the lake thing, Ron gave him a hard time about wasting time mm -hmm. getting the other people and then that made you, you know, come in not first. You know, he came in later. So, he could have, Ron was giving him a hard time about, you could have done better, you could have scored better, placed better if you didn't waste all that time. So, I think that's where he was like, well, you had a problem with me doing it then. And so he was getting defensive with Ron there too, but and then, yeah, he just then he was just firing shots at him. So in the middle of our trio's disagreement, Luna and Jenny come in. And Jenny knows all about the Order of the Phoenix, but mm -hmm. Luna doesn't. And I don't think this is the first time Jenny's walked into a room and been like, what are you yelling about? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did that at uh, Sirius's house, too. Mm -hmm. Came in going, what are you yelling about? But everyone in the room doesn't seem bothered by what they're saying or are really trying to hide anything from Luna here. Why is that? Just because she's, they think she's so spacey that she won't even be able to process what they're saying? Because they're talking about serious and they're yeah. talking about, you know, inside stuff here. I think they're just kind of caught up in the moment and Harry definitely in the urgency. And it's Luna. She was in the order... <laughs> Uh, not the order. The um, Luna's in the order too. <laughs> Luna's not in the order. Luna's in uh, Dumbledore's army. Uh -huh. So you know they, she kind of they kind of feel like they can trust her. She, they trusted her with that other secret, and that wasn't a problem. 
Why not this one, too? Hermione gets Harry to agree to at least attempt to communicate with Sirius first before they go trudging off to London to help. And the plan is for Ron to lure Umbridge to the other side of the castle. Harry and Hermione will sneak into Umbridge's office, office to use her fireplace. Luna and Jenny will keep the corridor empty and act as lookouts. What could go, go wrong? It's what perfect could go plan, wrong? How hard could it be? That's our favorite line. So when Harry does the floating head trick through the flu network, he finds an empty castle except for Creature. And Creature can only confirm that Sirius is not at the house, but Creature seems to know more than he initially let on, right? Yeah, I was trying to remember how this plays out because... You know, obviously, I know what's actually going on, and when what creature was saying, and I'm trying to fit it together. He's purposely being uncooperative, and I don't, I don't know, I forget how it plays into it. Well, the bad news just keeps coming because we get a super. To me, this was scary, scary scene with umbrage and i don't remember this scene from the movies but the way it played out in my head where umbrage rips harry's head out of the fire and just loses her mind on him like at one point like throws him into a desk mm -hmm. and is very physical with him the line where it said that he she had him by the hair and had his neck cranked all the way back like he was she was gonna slit his throat yeah it was very is very like, very scary. The like, and hey, you thought you were just talking to somebody in the fireplace? Look at this. She and she's that's and that's throat. and it adds to the effect, like the jarring effect of having your neck pulled back when you're you're probably a little discombobulated from coming out of the flu network as well. Mm -hmm. But this was intense. I mean, this was really intense. And and you know when when you and I do our Harry Potter trivia events. We always have these warm-up questions just to kind of get to make sure everybody's uh, technology is working correctly and to kind of get everybody, you know, in a good mood. And we always ask the question, show the pictures up on the screen, who's scarier, Voldemort and Umbridge? And I kind of feel that it's an opinion question, but I kind of feel like there's a correct answer. Mm -hmm. And this, to me, is scarier than anything Voldemort has done. I mean, even like the killing of Cedric. And I guess that was like technically... Uh, Wormtail. Wormtail. But anything that we've... I mean, the, uh, Voldemort torturing Harry in the, in the graveyard. The visions that Harry's had of Voldemort uh, killing other people. This is way scarier. I mean, yeah. just, just an unhinged umbrage. Very intense. We haven't seen Voldemort in action much, but you know, you one, you just kind of expect cruel things from him. Mm -hmm. But he's always in control too. He's always usually pretty calm, mm -hmm. control. And she was just and and Voldemort's very in your face about like the the villain look. Mm -hmm. And I think that once you kind of see the villain look, you're kind of know what's coming and it kind of disarms you a little bit with what to expect whereas umbridge plays cutesy and plays coy and plays uh plays the game you know she plays the political game and then just pink is never the villain color <laughs> and, and then just flips a switch or snaps a finger and she is just unhinged all mm -hmm. of a sudden like ready to kill these kids over what happened. Things, yeah, things are bad. Ron's bleeding. <laughs> Ron's bleeding. Neville's about to pass out. These are, things are bad. These are bad. <laughs> I want to get that on the soundboard for next time. Things are things bad. Things are bad. So we learn a lot in this scene. Umbridge kind of has her Bond villain moment where she reveals some of her misdeeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Umbridge admits that she was the one who sent the Dementors after Harry in the underpass earlier in the book. Uh, Umbridge basically admits that she was trying to drug Harry with a lot of Veritaserum 
laced tea a few chapters ago. And Umbridge is seconds away from using one of the very illegal, unforgivable curses on Harry to get him to talk about who Harry was trying to communicate. This is just yikes. All of this kind of, you know, flowing all at once. And Umbridge sends, sends for Snape to uh, get some more Veritaserum in order to get Harry to talk. And Snape comes in and doesn't seem really rattled by any of it. Like, there's <laughs> there's, there's no... I forget the, the way the look was described on Snape's face, but he sees all of the Gryffindors... And uh, I guess Luna and, and Slytherins Luna. that are and, but holding like, him hostage. But I was saying, like all the Gryffindors that he's been given a hard time to since day one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Luna annoys him too. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't know. We I don't. Just, we I don't just, ever have classes with them. So I don't we feel don't like know. she would say much in class. I kind of feel like she. But would But when just... she does, I'm sure it's nonsense, and he gets so mad. It's like I, I put Nargle feathers in mine. <laughs> The turned pink. Do you like it, Professor? It's just like, get out. So Snape, like I said, comes in, doesn't really react to what he the the chaos that he's seen. But Snape tells us that he already gave Umbridge a bunch of the Veritaserum, and even told her that she only needed three drops earlier in the book. But somehow it's all gone. It's gone. So. <laughs> Was did Umbridge want so badly for Harry to tell the truth that she just dumped like half the bottle or the whole bottle in that tea? Like, I wonder what happens if you overdose someone on Veritaserum. I don't know, but I, when I was thinking back to that part, I kind of felt like it was implied that she was using it on lots of students. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think of that. And I thought that even the one that ended up kind of ratting them out that it was the Veritaserum. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Carrie Well, if was... that's true, then I would feel bad about all those things I said about <laughs> Joe's friend. <laughs> no, she's still kind of awful. I don't know. I was, I was pretty mean to her, but... But I think, I don't remember what it was, but I thought that it was kind of implied that Harry wasn't the first one to go and have tea in her office. So that she'd been calling lots of students down to have tea. So that makes me think Hermione hexed the the agreement mm-hmm. that said that if you ratted us out, you would grow these boils and everything. Do you think that she was powerful enough or had the presence of mind to put like a caveat in there <laughs> the that, that unless said. unless you get truth serum then you know then, no, there's nothing I, we can really do about that. I don't that. think that she probably thought of that as a possibility <laughs> even if you get truth serumed and it's not your fault you're gonna grow these boils all over I think your face she just wanted to be able to know who the rat was well the rat's worm tail we found oh. that out like a long time ago babe oh yeah i forgot yeah remember he was like sleeping with these it's children episodes, for years babe. Lots of episodes. creepy old man was sleeping with these children for years cuddling with them yeah uh snape says it would take a month to brew more which Umbridge is not happy with. No. I'm sure he has some. He's just not going to give it to her. Yeah. <laughs> but just as Snape is leaving, Harry drops a little hint to him, doesn't he? Yes. Because it, it even said in the book that Harry didn't even think of Snape no. when he thought of he, adults he, that were that were on, you know, were in the inner circle of... Uh, the Order of the Phoenix, he didn't even think of one that's still there, which is Snape. And so, what does well, Harry... he didn't think of Dobby, either. You thought of Dobby. Oh, thanks, babe. Dobby could have popped in somewhere and gone and told somebody something. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? I, he didn't think of that, either. He was in such a panic, of, he had to go do it himself, which only kind of adds to Her- Hermione's theory here, that you you have an, a problem. You have so, a problem, Harry. So what is the uh, little hint that Harry drops to Snape? He has Padfoot. He has Padfoot in the place where it is hidden. Mm-hmm. And there is a little mini reaction. 
from Snape there, but he hides his reactions very well. And if he does know, he plays it off very well. Mm-hmm. A little too well. But I think that, you know, it, may, or it made me think that is Snape aware of these alter ego names that that crew had back in the day? Uh, you know, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Padfoot, Padfoot, and, and I'm sure Tonks. he is. Okay. I mean, if that crew was the source of his torment throughout school, I'm sure Probably knows he all knew about all about them. At the end of the chapter, Sneaky Hermione makes yet another appearance, like I she does it. in almost love every it so book. Much. Uh, this time to save Harry from the torturing curse. Two questions. What lie does Hermione come up with? And how would you rate her acting skills? Um, well, okay, the lie is that they know where the weapon is. And it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, the kids this whole time have been thinking that there's a weapon. Mm-hmm. But they just kind of came up with that on their own, that this is their theory. And they sa- And Hermione says that he was trying to contact Dumbledore. Dumbledore told us to put this weapon together. We don't know what it is or what it <laughs> does. We just did what Dumbledore and told it's us. it's here on the ground somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were trying to tell him, that we're done with it. This is very elaborate. I mean, she was, she was drawing like little bits and pieces from different real stories and very quickly put them together into a very convincing lie. And then the the acting performance to go along with it. So, what do you think of her acting skills? Um, it's pretty good. Probably would have been better if she could have squeezed out some real tears. I mean, that's, yeah. But it, Maybe it get, didn't really, it wasn't necessary. Get some, uh, what's it, uh, the eye drops <laughs> called? It? Pinch yourself real hard, something. That put in, like the clear eyes. Put that in and sniff a little uh, onion or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But but she wasn't prepared. I mean, she didn't know she was going to have to bust out this performance. But she so. was like hiding her face, yeah. so that you couldn't see that there weren't actual tears coming out, and it was very convincing. So looks like we are going to save Harry from the torturing curse, and Harry and Hermione are going to lead Umbridge off to wherever this make-believe weapon is. That's the part I'm most impressed with. So she came up with this huge lie, this whole story, and then it turned out, oh, everybody was going to go. And then she had to, like, use reverse psychology on Mm. Umbridge to get her to just take her and Harry. Right. And not take everybody else. Right. Not take all the, the magical hallway... You know, evil hallway monitor society. Yes. Uh, not take Neville's in here too. By the way, we didn't me- even mention yeah, that Neville's no. in here because uh, he stood up for Jenny, right? Yeah. Uh, the evil hall monitors were trying to, you know, take Jenny in, and uh, Neville stood up for her. So <laughs> Neville finds, <laughs> and he's getting choked out. Choked out. He's turning like, purple. Really bad. And Snape, that was the one thing Snape was like, hey, I want to loosen up. Yeah. I don't want to have to do any paperwork. <laughs> I mean, the Weasley boy's bleeding. He doesn't care about that. But if Neville passes out. I mean, out, you, can, you can bleed a little bit. But if you're getting, you know, full Nelson choked out, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably not a probably not a great thing. And so that's uh, where we're at, heading into the next chapter. That was the end of chapter 32, Out of the Fire. A lot happening, and mostly bad news for our crew. Things aren't good, Dan. (laughs) Not good. That's a hot take, is what that is. Hot take! Uh, Anything else you want to say about chapter 32? Because we do have an email. No, I think we covered it. All right, this email comes to us from Tanya in Boulder, Colorado. Hey, Tanya. Uh, Tanya emails us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, which you can also do. And we'll give you a shout-out on the air. 
But Tanya writes, Hi, Dan and Jess. It seems like being a witch or a wizard would make life a lot easier. But what would be some bad things about being a witch or a wizard? So thank you, Tanya. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Jess, anything come to mind? I've got a couple things if you want to think about it for a second. Well, immediately I thought about, you know, what they used to burn witches at the stake and drown them and all that kind of stuff. So that part would be kind of bad. Like, you'd have to be able to keep it a secret because people can't handle that. But if you can successfully keep it a secret, give me a minute. So the first thing that popped into my head is the money Mm -hmm. situation. There doesn't seem to be any kind of like cashless app in the Wizarding Society. (laughs) There doesn't seem to be any Venmo or PayPal or even credit cards. You have to have heavy, heavy gold with you at all times if you want to buy anything. Yeah. So you need like a fanny pack or something like that to carry all your galleons in. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be uh, unwieldy. It's going to be... You could get robbed. Frustrating. Yeah. And then when you want to go get more money, it takes you, you It takes you freaking a half hour to ride a uh, train car down into the depths of this bank just so you can open up your vault and get another handful of coins because you want to go get some ice cream. Yeah, I don't see how they... Why they can't just be like... There's no magical ATM. Keep a stash of coins upstairs and be like, oh, you want this many? Here you go. And then just like make a little note to get it out of their vault later. I don't know. The money would frustrate me. It would frustrate me to no end. Like I I never have cash. I have no cash in my wallet right now. I have $4. You have $4? I have $4. (laughs) Oh, okay. Richie Rich over here. (laughs) Because it was something that was $5, and I was like, I don't have enough. I got to use my card. (laughs) So I know I have $4. I bought, uh, on the way home, I stopped by the hardware store and bought two screws and an anchor Mm -hmm. for a grand total of Mm $1.27, and I charged it. Charged to the credit card. That's nothing, because the people come into the library, and they don't have any change. To make their copies or their prints. And they got to charge like 10 cents. You can do it like a 10, you can do a credit card 10 cent transaction. That probably costs the library more than the 10 cents. (laughs) You should just let them have it for free. We sometimes do. It probably costs you like 15 to 20 cents for the transaction. You're losing money on this. But some people abuse that and just come in and be like, I need you to print this right now for me for free. That's like, um, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No. So that part's kind of a problem. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to go into like McDonald's or something. I need you to give this to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> See if it works. I don't think it'll work in anywhere else but the library. Uh, yeah, the library. Because then they, they, it's, they always ask him for folders, envelopes, like, just give it to me yeah. for free. Nobody asks, How, do you have any envelopes I can buy? Or you like, yeah. can I purchase a folder from you or something? No. They're just like, you got a folder for me? I think, I mean, I like a lot of these people are used to going to like a Kinko's. And like Kinko's, like they, they would have, I think they got bought out by FedEx. So it's like FedEx Kinko's now. Or it's like mm-hmm. FedEx Express. So if you're old like me and you remember what Kinko's <laughs> was... But they would they would have like supplies out that were like for mass use. You know, they would have. That's like, why they're not in business anymore. Yeah, probably they're just giving all the stuff away. Just for kept free. going in there and taking all the stuff. <laughs> like uh, you need something, sir? No, I'm just going to grab a dozen file folders and head out. And two envelopes and a roll of tape. <laughs> but that's not. Well, I used to, I used to go in there and use. Um, if it was over the summer and I didn't have access to the school, I'd go there and use their big paper cutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, people get mad at us because we don't have one of those. I mean, sh- we have one, but we don't let the public no, use it. No, you can't let normies just... You, I mean, that's probably gotta, why... You gotta be professional. That's probably why that. Kinko's went out of business. They people kept... Chopping their getting, fingers yeah, off get, and getting Yeah, kept suing. Yeah. <sighs> chopping digits off. You can't, you can't let a normie have nope. access to uh, that. And they just, like, they get so mad. I mean, we get them scissors, glue, and 
Um, you give them the little white out you too. Give them little safety scissors. No, they're real scissors. <laughs> you give them the Elmer's glue, like the stuff that doesn't like stick to anything. No, glue. Well, rope. no, they're glue sticks. So yeah, they glue don't. Sticks, so they don't stick. They so don't nothing. Stick to anything. So nothing. Nothing sticks at all. You guys over there at the library, man. We're the worst. <laughs> uh, did you? think of anything anything just all good oh, about being well, a wizard no i mean you mentioned the money and money's the fact- horrible it's horrible well, not the money it's a horrible is- system yes it is a horrible system but you made me think of you first you mentioned the apps wouldn't work you, there's no apps well, the technology issue would probably yes. be a big one you just don't have that was my other one magic I don't know they come right out and say it in Harry Potter because I don't think phones were a huge deal mm-hmm. when she was writing Harry Potter. So you know, like, not uh, like smartphones. Okay. Like, you know, yeah, people probably, yeah, probably not. First book came out in 97, I think. Yeah. So, so, so we were, you know, 17, seven. 18 years old. I still had the old, the old sp- phone. Sprint PCS so phones with a little big... belt clip, so I looked really cool. <laughs> phones weren't a really big deal unnecessary item back then so they don't really talk about it i don't think in harry potter but in other um like fantasy stories that Uh are like set in the modern day they talk about how the like a phone doesn't work around magic because there's like an interference must be uh run off at&t yeah because my work phone, here. We, our house must be super magic because my phone don't work in our house. Well, I do have a lot of wands. <laughs> so our our house is riddled with magic. Yes, if because if we're not on the, the Wi-Fi, on the we Wi-Fi, ain't getting the signal. It doesn't work, and we've had a lot of power outages lately, <laughs> so we've been struggling around here. But that, that was my thing. What I thought was the technology, and the fact that we're so relying on the internet mm-hmm. and pretty much pretty much if you're a witch or a wizard i mean like mr weasley is very obsessed with muggle things but he is also very clueless yes and i kind of feel like most of the wizarding community is that way so i kind of feel like if you are a witch or a wizard you are so entrenched in the wizarding world that things like muggle technology aren't part of your life and thus aren't accessible to you and we're so reliant on could you imagine technology. if mr weasley could get on google or youtube oh my god just like if that, yeah tell me about rubber ducks and just watch videos he'd watch how they're made he'd watch rubber duck races that they do he'd be in, yeah. be in his basement he'd be down to like 90 pounds because he's not eating he'd have a lo- the long beard like the rip van winkle <laughs> beard because he just went down the youtube rabbit hole i saw all of youtube (laughs) (laughs) he would have so much fun yes i think the technology would be the biggest thing that you'd miss out on that was my other one i had the money and then the the lack of technology i mean i wish i just wish there was a way to mesh the technology into the because think about how strong the wizarding community could be if they could integrate technology and and magic together. I've read one book. Well, it's a series, but where they integrate the two. What book is that? I knew you were going to ask me that. It's like legend. obviously it obviously left a <laughs> big impression. No, I really on enjoyed it, but it's been a long time since I read it. Um, I think it's like Legends and Echoes, and it's a very modern society. She's constantly on her. I don't think they call it a phone. They call it something else, or maybe they do call it a phone, but she's... It's like a Little Mermaid name for it, like a Dipsy Doodle or something like that? No, and she's always on the socials, and you gotta put the stuff on the feed, and she's like a socialite, and her daddy was high-ranking official in the government, and it's still a kingdom, queendom thing going on, but... It was was a very interesting mix of the two. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the old school, and the technology and then they put the magic in um, sounds interesting i mean i mean i'm not gonna read it but. no no you're not <laughs> uh, magic's kind of forbidden poo-pooed on you can get in trouble if you have magic so it's a big secret if you do 
So you somebody, still have to deal some, with that. Being somebody showed a smartphone to Mr. Weasley. He would think, oh, you're a wizard. <laughs> How did you like get that thing, dog you inside do. that little box? Yes. No, it's a video of my dog. A what? Uh, a what? <laughs> so mostly the technology. Everything else I could think of, you know, would help. It helps. would help with, like, housework and cleaning and organization and just getting things done faster and efficiency you could do a lot of things i can't imagine that like the music in the wizarding world is very good either like everybody likes the weird sisters but you don't hear about anybody else so is it like are the weird weird sisters really good are they just like one of like they're just, they're just it's hot like right cr- now. like it's like Christian rap. Like, is it really good, <laughs> or is it? Do we just no. say it's good because it's like the best of the best we can do by still, you know, listening to uh, religious music? So I, I can't, you know, that would be another thing about if you were in the Wizarding world, if you are, if you're disconnected from Muggle. Well, and it's also disconnect from technology. How much of? Yeah, how are you going to get that music? How much technology is involved in music nowadays? Yeah. See, I don't think the Weird Sisters are very good. That's a hot take by me. Hot take! I, I just think that they're kind of the best thing that they have, and everything else in the Wizarding World is like, you know, classical, <laughs> you know, death marches or whatever. And the Weird Sisters are the, are the ones who kind of, uh, you know, went against the grain and so everybody thinks they're so great. But if you compare them to, like, I don't know, David Bowie or something like that, it's probably garbage. Probably garbage. Let's end it there. Okay. <laughs> We're ending on probably garbage. Uh, if you thought the show was not probably garbage, uh, leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Uh, you can be in, like, Tanya in Boulder, Colorado and... Send us an email, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter B with no spaces or underscores. Uh, follow us on Instagram, broomsticksb podcast. You can send us messages on Instagram or Twitter as well. Follow us on Facebook and uh, MySpace and uh, no. link- LinkedIn. No. Connect no, with not, us at LinkedIn. We can uh, do some networking together. Huh. I don't think that's going to work. Until next time, (laughs) thanks to the inner circle of Jennifer, Catherine, Luke, Amelia, Jane, Ronnie, Anastasia, Kelly, and Olivia. They haven't all been here since our day one, but they've all been there since their day one. Mm -hmm. Be a wizard. Be a witch. Be a muggle. Be a squib. But don't be a jerk. Or a git. Bye. Bye. I got some magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold.